<laughs> I could hear Melvin, 100%. Okay. You didn't have to stand, but I received that love. Ricardo. Okay, okay, okay. I like Rowdy Church. I'm okay with that. I'm brown. We can get Rowdy at church. I thought of, RP always wants me to say rap song. I thought of, it's inappropriate, ludicrous, stand up. Cut that from the tape. But it just, I always think of rap songs. Not in the notes. Okay, hey. Uh, hey, just introduced me. My name's Amir. Um, first and foremost, I'm a proud member of the Elevation Serve team. Shout out parking bros. Where are my parking bros at? Luke, yeah, hey. For real. Yeah, Luke's my leader. He's a boss, too. He'll get you, get those cones in order. Uh, but also, me and my wife, Bethany, I'll introduce her. So I have the privilege to be intern pastors here. Do have any interns in the house? <laughs> Free's an intern again. Emily did intern back in the day. If you're like, what is that? Uh, we have an internship program at New Life Church Conway solely for your age, for college age. And it's really simple. We do it one semester a month as part, or excuse me, every semester. And it's part-time, so the summer one's coming up. You literally just commit. You pick a department you're interested in serving in. You serve with that. You get assigned with a staff member. You serve within that department, learn, grow. You serve with us on the weekends. And then me and Beth are going to do our best to just pour our life into you to grow spiritually and as a leader. So we'll talk about that here in Elevation more in April. Um, but I want you to, to pray about it. But we love that a lot. My wife, Bethany's here. She's my better half by far. All the ladies and the guys who know her say amen. So she's my best friend, and I love her a lot. And we met in Elevation. Fun fact. So if you're single, look around. You know what I'm saying? If you're dating someone, just look straight ahead. It's okay. This, just don't do that. But um, me and Beth have a 10-month-old son named Dax. I have a photo of him. This was last weekend at a wedding. My boy's stunt with the bow tie. You are ready. His drip, RP, stop. He's soft smiling. He, saw, he smiles real big that, but dude is a stud. He laughs when we eat dinner. I don't know why. I think he's just funny looking. He just laughs at me. I love it. I just start laughing too, and that happens almost every night. We are blessed to be his parents. I want to honor Justin Emily. Uh, when I was praying for this, you guys this week, I've been praying for y'all for a long time, I promise. This is the phrase I thought of, and I mean it with all my heart. Justin Emily are my favorite college pastors in the whole world. Seriously, that's not a sarcastic thing. They're my favorite college pastors. They love y'all a lot. I get to see how much they think about y'all, pray for y'all, dream for y'all. So will you give honor to your pastors? Come on, like you mean it. You get ready for me. Awesome. We are starting a new series called Asking for a Friend. I don't know if you've ever read that, tweeted that, retweeted one of those. It's muy importante. That's Spanish for important. I'm not bilingual, but I got that for you. Hey, I Googled some funny asking for friends. I had a filter about 99% of them because they were inappropriate, but these are the appropriate ones. Do dogs only understand when you talk in a weird baby voice? Asking for a friend. Ooh, no, y'all didn't like that one. Fellas, this is for you. Does anyone know if Rosetta Stone makes a version for successfully talking to girls? <laughs> Ask if, hey, hey, Duolingo, sorry, old school, free, it's free 99, I hear you. This one could be for anyone, but for ladies, this might relate to you. Can you cook bacon with your hair, hair straightener? Ask it for a friend. He says yes. That's a greasy hair straightener, you know what I'm saying? Don't put that in your hair afterwards, girls. It get weird. It get real weird. I thought of more. We don't have time for that. Uh... This is mine for this week. This is my question for you guys, asking for a friend. What should I do when I'm anxious? Ooh, it got quiet. What should I do when I'm anxious? Everyone say, ooh. Okay, this is going to be good. I want to encourage you on the top of anxiety tonight uh, because I think it's important. And what's so cool about God 
Me and Free have been talking about this for a month and a half. Probably three weeks ago, I said, Justin, I want to talk about anxiety. Way before there, and I know there's other things going on in y'all's life, but way before there was a virus in this country. That's what's so cool about the Lord. He wanted you to hear from his word tonight about fear, anxiety, that kind of stuff. Can I get an A-bid? So guys, I promise always a million steps ahead of us. Uh, I have a photo Beth showed me last week. Uh, It says, now this is anxiety, and it's a times nine multiplication worksheet. Does anyone that cause anxiety? Who that causes anxiety? Who gets stoked because they love math? Those are my people. Those are my people. Those are just the number nine. I was just spouting them out and Beth's like, how do you remember that? I'm like, babe, times tables. It was the best. I like it. Maybe you're not. You can take that down. You can take that down. You can take that down. Let me ask a question. This is maybe the most important question I'll ask you outside of our main question because it will set us off tonight. I please be honest. If you don't feel comfortable being honest, no problems. Church, can't lie in church. Anyways, uh, if you, and I won't pull, I think this is the only time. If you have ever in your life, real talk, and I'm raising my hand, experience excess stress, worry, or anxiety, will you raise your hand? Okay, time out. Keep your hand up. Everyone look, I'm being for real. Everyone look to the left. Everyone look to the right. Okay, put your hand down. Everyone experiences stress and anxiety. Everyone. So I don't want you to check out or I don't want you to feel overwhelmed because this is, a, this is a thing that everyone will go through their life. Jesus said, in this world, you'll face trouble. But then he said, fear not, I've overcome the world, okay? So we're gonna talk about this tonight because the word of God wants to help you. But I looked up some research for you guys. Um, according to the National College Health Assessment, it's fancy, 2018, 63% of college students in the U.S. felt overwhelming anxiety at least once that year. Uh, I I read some articles on Gen Z. Most of y'all are in that generation if you're born in 97 or older. Uh, According to the American Psychological Association, very credible, they did a stress in America survey last year, Toy Dighted. This is what they found. And this is research. That doesn't mean it's 100% you guys. You just learn from research, okay? It's not like everyone in this room falls by these numbers. It's just we learn from it. Gen Z was the least likely age group, your generation, to report very good or excellent mental health of all the generations alive. Nine out of 10 people in your generation experienced one physical or emotional symptom due to stress. But this was my favorite quote from the research. Your generation of all the living generations was the most likely to seek help from family, from friends, from God, or therapy. That's a huge thing. Of every generation of life, they did thou, they pulled thousands of people in America. Your generation was the one that says, I want, to, I want help from this. I want my family to know about this. I want my best friends to know about this. I want my God to know about this. That's a big deal, right? So I'm going to get excited because I'm really passionate about this. And um, I'm passionate, me and Beth, about just helping people that are hurting. And sometimes mental health is not always mental illness. Although if you have a mental illness in here and you struggle, that's okay too. But mental health is just like physical health and it's just like spiritual health. You can be healthy or unhealthy in that area. So I wanna define anxiety simply before we start. I heard a pastor once say, you can't defeat what you can't define. Ooh, tweet that. I didn't say it though. So you could, I don't know, at tweet. Someone Amir said, okay. Anxiety is a physiological, which is like your body functioning, an emotional response that everyone experiences in life. Very simple definition, but that's what it is. I I was doing some research this week. Most every animal in the animal kingdom experiences anxiety. One article said even slugs. So I don't know if you've ever assaulted, assaulted. (laughs) I didn't plan that, dad jokes. Yes, I've been waiting for those for so long. I've been waiting for a dad joke to come out. I don't know if you've ever assaulted a slug they melt, but I imagine you go to assault and they're like, no, that's what the anxiety, that's the day assault a slug feels anxiety. That was such a dad joke, babe. I'm so excited. This is so good. 
March 12th. Yes. Okay. It's just a win. It's just a win. I've been praying for that. Okay. The primary purpose of anxiety, this is an emotion. Okay. Everyone raise their hand. This is something everyone experiences. It's not like, it'd almost be weird if you didn't experience anxiety. Its primary purpose is to protect us, listen to this, from harm, or this is the important one I want your generation to hear, or perceived harm. So sometimes in life, I'll give you some funny examples. There might be some harm, not only physical, emotional, but sometimes it's the perception. What could happen? Worst case scenario. What if I did this? What if they said this? What if I were not to do this? That's perception that will cause anxiety. It will ignite part of your nervous system is the fight or flight response. I'm not going to go into science class, but that is basically your body will cure up to protect you from harm. So for example... If you're camping in the woods with friends and a bear came out, you're going to feel some anxiety and you have the choice to fight or fly. Say bye. None of y'all would be out in the woods with bears unless you're Matt Crafton. Matt's the only one that would be doing that. Uh, When you get pulled over by a cop and you see blue lights and your heart starts to beat, that's anxiety. That's your fight or flight. Don't run from the cop. (laughs) That's a bad idea. (laughs) Stay put. Pull out your ID. Okay. Hands up. Um, when someone scares you, there's some leaders that have been scaring each other in elevation. It's hilarious. Watch all this crap. Uh, shout out. That's anxiety. If you have a really, really big test and you're walking into it, I know, I know not everyone's in college in here, or a big thing at work, and you might feel a little nervous, that's anxiety. It's okay. That's a normal. This is what I want you all to hear today. God made your body to stress and have anxiety. God made your body to respond to these things of life. This is the kicker, though. God did not ideally make your body for it to happen in an excessive frequency, excessive length of time, or excessive severity. And oftentimes with anxiety, how it happens is pretty normal or consistent with everyone. Why it happens gets complex. Why it's going on, or if you try to find the source, some people don't, some people don't. That's where it gets tricky, okay? But I don't want you to rule yourself out because you're like, man, I felt stress and anxiety before. Everyone does. God literally made your body to do that, to respond. It's when it gets excessive in your body. So let me give you some examples of why it might happen. Big picture. It could be circumstantial. Circumstance you're going through. It could be related to your lifestyle. It can be relationships in your life. It can be from past experiences. Some of y'all, it's kind of connected to your personality or maybe family dynamics, for example. Some of you like control. And that's okay, but that could be a source of anxiety for you because what you need to learn in life, I say with grace, is you can't control everything in life or not everything's gonna be perfect. So you're gonna set unrealistic expectations for yourself or the people around you and you're oftentimes could feel anxiety because those are gonna be unmet often, okay? Some of you might've came from homes that people often worried. And again, I'm not bashing for that, but when it gets unchecked or it gets unhealthy, that could cause you to have some anxiety. All of us, anxiety is connected to our thought life. So some of you, you're a little glass half empty kind of gal or girl, you know, negative Nancy's. Um, worst case scenario, often, you're the people that like if a zombie apocalypse come, you already have a shotgun in like a bunker somewhere. Um, you're the ones that maybe you bought a lot of toilet paper this week. Coronavirus is real, but that's a little intense, you know, like you're just like, well, forget y'all, I'm wiping my tush, you know. I said it, it's elevation, thank God, okay. All of us, I won't even say some, all of us will in our time, our day and age, whether all of our life, weekly, monthly, sometime, we're going to believe lies about ourselves, about others. That will cause anxiety. These are just some whys. And remember, all these things can, can be on a range from just um, minor severity to very severe. That's why it's so complex. There's two things often when I talk to people. 
friends. I do some counseling with people, ministry. I say, so we'll say, hey, I have some anxiety, I have some stress. Very normal. I'm like, cool, okay, what's going on? They'll tell me what's going on. And I'll ask something like this. I say, hey, so what do you do for your anxiety? And oftentimes, not always, these two answers come up. They say, nothing. I just endure it. I don't know what to do. Or they say, I don't know, Amir. And that's okay. And if you're in that place tonight, I want to encourage you. And I want to help you. And I want to get in this word that is living and active. And I want God to speak to you. Because I don't want you to feel like, oh, I just have anxiety and I kind of feel paralyzed about it. That's my life. No, God has something to say about it. And he wants you to do something about it. That doesn't mean it always go away, but he wants to walk with you so you could endure. Can I get an A-bid on that? This is why. God loves you. He cares about you. He made you. And this word has a lot to say about it. So if you'll turn to Philippians 4, we're going to read Philippians 4. Verse four through nine, I, I think our, uh, Rachel, our young gun last week mentioned this. Shout out to the young guns. Y'all enjoy that last weekend? Ooh, week. If you miss it, podcast it up. It was very good. Philippians four. Philippians is in the New Testament, back of your Bible, after Ephesians, before Colossians. If you're like, why'd you just tell us that? Because I was always, I didn't grow up in church. I always like looked in the index in elevation. I was like, I hope no one sees me <laughs> uh, before the Bible app. So this is the context. Paul, Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. The interesting thing a lot of people know is he's in jail in Rome. And a lot of theologians believe he's literally not only in jail, he's like chained to a Roman guard. Not that he's super violent. He was just an outspoken Christian. So they're like, we got to keep this guy close. So he's writing a letter to his disciples. And now to us, 2000 years later, chained up. And the context of that is very important. And the church in Philippi was actually the first church in Europe Paul and his missionary friends planted. Isn't that crazy? The first church in the history of Europe. So Philippians 4, it's going to be on the screens. I'm going to read it from my Bible. We're going to read it, and then we're going to pray. We're going to let God speak to us. Scripture says this, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Pause. Remember, this guy was in jail. The first thing he says in this part of Encourage Church, he says, rejoice. That's wild. If someone was anxious or had the right to be anxious, it's Paul. All these churches he wanted to visit and every lady will say, I want to come visit you, but I'm in Rome. He's in jail. And the first thing he says is, hey, rejoice. <laughs> Why? Because God's near. And some of you who struggle or are in this right now, that's what you need to hear tonight. God's not far away from you. God's right there with you in that stress, in that anxiety, in that circumstance. The Lord is near. That's why we can rejoice. Amen. Verse six, you probably heard this before. If you're not, it's going to encourage you. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is one of the promises and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. We'll talk about that later. So good. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think, fix your mind on these things. Another promise, verse nine, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice. Be doers of the word. Why? The peace of God, he says it twice, will be with you. I love that promise from God. If you do these things, Paul says, God's peace will be with you. Will you bow your hands? I want to pray for y'all. God, we love you a lot. We thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for sending Jesus. But Lord, right now, would you speak to us about a thing that's really prevalent right now in our life? 
before ever anything virus was going on, but just in our lives, Lord, I pray for the people right now that are maybe have a stressful week, a stressful month, something's going on in their life, Lord. Would you speak to them like we've been praying all week, oh, Holy Spirit, from your word, would you speak to write what they need, and would you help us, God, in only ways you can? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay. So, so tonight, asking for a friend, I'm going to give you three things you can do in New Life Church fashion when you are anxious based off this passage of scripture. If you're ready, Sam, ready. So good. Number one, you got to respond in prayer if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, I would love for you to take notes. I think it'll help you. Respond in prayer. And each of these, I kind of put like something I believe God spoke to me yesterday to add. I believe in all these, God will give you something new. In this, God will give you a new perspective. When you respond in prayer, my prayer for this week has been for you. He's going to give you a new perspective. Verse six, we're going to unpack the verse we just read says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If I'm being honest, I didn't, when I read this verse, I'm like, man, that's really encouraging, (laughs) but I'm always a little bit confused. I'm like, how can someone never be anxious about anything? Has anyone ever thought that? And so I always read this verse and I'm like, Lord, I love this verse, but I'm very confused about the context. And then uh, really about a year ago, but God reminded me two weeks ago, God gave me a new perspective on this verse. And I'm going to get like into an English major real fast. And English is my first language, parents, second language. But if I'm wrong, don't correct me. Uh, It says, don't, the word be, it says, don't be anxious. Okay. The word be is referring to a current state of someone. Paul's saying to them, don't be anxious. If I said that in my present form, I would say, I am anxious, okay? It's not necessarily who someone is, but in that current situation, it's what they are feeling, it's what they are being. For example, have you ever heard the phrase or someone said the phrase to you, don't be dumb? Who's ever said that to someone? Free says this to me all the time. He won't admit it. He'll say, don't be dumb. Oftentimes, Free will say, you're dumb. And we'll just start laughing. He knows it is. And so... Or you might say, don't be crazy or don't be mad. You'll get what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't mean you're crazy or dumb. Some of y'all might mean like that. That's not very nice, you know, but usually it's for that situation. You're saying, don't be dumb. And I think in the same way, Paul's referring not to who you are, but what you're going through right now. I think what Paul's saying right there is, hey, you're anxious, but don't stay anxious. Okay. It's your current state, but it's not who you are. And some of you tonight, you need to hear that. You're not defined by your anxiety. It's not your identity. You're a child of God. You might be experiencing anxiety. You might experience anxiety and stress more often than not, but that's not who you are. It's just your current state, I promise you. And that's not how God sees you. God sees you through the blood of Jesus if you're saved. It's amazing. If you don't know the Lord yet, I would consider it tonight or in the future. He wants to speak to you and he wants to help to you. So what do we do then? He says, hey, in every situation, (laughs) I don't do, I don't do this in every situation. Bring your request to God. Simply put, when we feel anxious, pray. That's what he's saying. Pray, go to God, talk to him about what's going on. Prayer shouldn't be a last resort. It should be a first response. For me, often it's a last resort. No, no. He's saying, I want you to respond in prayer. I want you to respond in prayer. Craig Rochelle said this, one of my favorite pastors, anxiety is a signal alerting you when to pray. You sense anxiety, usually physical, maybe your thoughts, pray. That's what the God wants from you. Just pray. I want, you to, I want it to be a reflex. It's a muscle that you will strengthen. Why? Because there is power in prayer. You're talking to the God of the universe. Some of you might be in here, and this is where I am a lot of times. You might say, okay, Amir, 
I think I'm a little hesitant as a prayer because like, is there a, supposed, a certain way I'm supposed to pray? Like, do I pray in King James version or are there rules? How long do I pray? You know, like what's going on here? And I think some of you might hesitate because you don't think you're at a certain place in prayer or like a prayer ninja. I don't know what that is, but it just made sense to me. Uh, so let me tell you a story. So my first mission trip I ever went on was with Elevation. It was in 2012. Eight years ago, and we went to Haiti, okay? I had a fro. I have a lot less hair now, but it was awesome. So we go to Haiti. I'm so excited. I've been like wanting to go on this trip for years. I'm a new Christian, and uh, we get there the first night, and I don't remember exactly what's happened. I was trying to remember this week, but I know someone on our team wasn't feeling great, just a little sick, but I remember one girl on our team got, got a text or something before we lost service about someone in her family not doing well. I don't remember what it was, but I remember we, our, our pastor Garrett, where we would stay in Haiti, you could go on a roof and it was beautiful. And he was just like, hey, we're gonna go pray for this girl and her family, something's going on. Cool, first night there. So we go upstairs and pastor Garrett was there. Pastor Garrett spoke about a month ago, that pastor. So Garrett just encourages, he's like, hey guys, when we pray, hey, I want you to pray with faith. I want you to pray with confidence that God hears you and that we're gonna pray on her behalf and God's gonna give her peace. And we're like, yeah, let's go. And I'm like getting excited. Well, there was this guy on our team named Vitaly. And he was a stud, free will remember Vitaly. He was this exchange student from the Ukraine, uh, very muscular, very good looking. I loved him. So he's standing right next to me. We begin to like pray, not love him like that, but you know, like we're bros, <laughs> chill. Okay. I'm married to my wife, Bethany. Thank you. Okay. Lost my train of thought. So we're in a circle praying for this girl who has something stressful happen in their family. And Vitaly starts to pray. And this dude is passionate, he's confident, he's like bold, and it's all in a European accent. So it's something like, he's like, dear Jesus, I just thank you for today. And that's not Ukrainian, but you know, we're gonna go with it. I'm like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh God. And he's like, we just pray right now. He's quoting scripture, I mean, for real, he's quoting scripture. And we just pray right now for your peace to come on her and her family back in the States. And I'm like, guys, I opened my eyes and I'm like getting hype. I'm like, this dude, because I was like so excited. I was like, this, that's how you pray, you know, like, and it's in an accent. And then he like gets done praying. We're like, hey man, I'm like out of breath. I didn't even pray. And I'm like, well guys, like two people, it's me next. And I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. I got to pray after him. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to pray after him. So, you know, I don't really remember what I prayed. I think I kind of blacked out because I got nervous. So I'm like, God, you're good. And <laughs> will you help her? Because you're good. And you're so good. You're like a good neighbor. You're always there. And uh, shout out State Farm. Some of y'all got that late. Whoa, whoa, slow class. Okay, so I didn't pray that. <laughs> that was a joke, State Farm joke. But I remember feeling super nervous and hesitant to pray. Not that he did anything wrong, but I was like, well, God, how do I pray for her? I don't know how to pray for that. Will you hear my prayer? And the truth is God's, God wasn't overly focused on how we were praying. I think God was honored because we brought our requests to him. A big need came on our team, and the first thing we did, we responded, and Gary said, hey, we're just going to pray for her. We're going to take it out of our hands, or we're going to put it in God's. And bless her heart, we're in a different country. There's nothing she can do. She can't go see her family. She can't call them. And it was just a life lesson to me that I felt like God reminded me of that this week to tell you guys. So how do we respond in prayer? All these, I'll give you some application. Paul says by prayer, petition with thanksgiving. Prayer, when you feel anxious, I'm going to say again, you pray. You talk to God in your own way. This would be just like you talk to anyone else, but what I wanna challenge you to do is when you feel stressed, when you feel anxious, be quick to pray to God. And the more you do it when it comes to the things of anxiety, the more confident you're gonna get in it. Just like when you were talking to a new friend, the more comfortable you're gonna get to it, the more it's gonna be like muscle memory, but you gotta practice doing it. 
Some of y'all are thinking right now, well, Amir, that sounds super simple. You just pray and it helps your anxiety. I think so. But some of y'all, we say it's super simple and we don't do it. I don't do it always. Some of you don't always do it always. And I'm just challenging you. Be someone who says, God, I feel anxious. I respond in prayer. It says with petition. Petition is simply humbly coming before the God consistently. And then it says, of course, with thanksgiving, just being thankful. This will shift your perspective fast. This is anytime, despite your anxiety, you just take a moment wherever you're at. You know, I'm not saying sometimes you're at work and you just can't close your eyes and start praying. Uh, But whenever you have a time to pray soon, I challenge you just to take a moment and just start thanking God. And it'll feel counterintuitive, whatever comes to your heart. God, I thank you for my life. I thank you for my family. I thank you that I'm in school right now. I thank you for this job. I thank you for the breath in my lungs. I thank you, Jesus, that you're my savior and my Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I thank you for your hope. And that does not mean your anxiety will always go away, but you will shift your perspective off your anxiety and off onto the goodness of God. And it will shift your perspective real fast. A lot of the things I'm gonna tell you tonight, they're not recipes that your anxiety will just go away, but it will help you respond in faith to your anxiety and the peace of God, what I promise you and Paul promised you and Jesus promised you will come on your life and guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. New perspective I believe God's gonna give you when you're quick to respond in prayer. Number two. Number two, we're gonna fix our thoughts on truth, okay? Fix our thoughts on truth. And when we do this, I believe God's gonna give us some new thoughts. Verse eight, I'm just gonna read the adjectives, not whatever over and over, but he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think, think about such things. What I love about this, he says, all these categories of descriptive words, One, will you put that back up there? Sorry. One, what I love about all these words, Jesus embodies all this. Jesus is truth. Jesus is noble. Jesus is right. Jesus is pure. Jesus is lovely. Jesus is admirable. Jesus is excellent and praiseworthy. Think about him. You think about your savior when you're feeling stressed. It's amazing. I don't know how will you just fix your thoughts on him. I love that. I want to focus on just the first one though. I think it's really interesting. Whatever is true. I always, when I've read this verse in the past, there's so many, I just kind of read through them. Okay, true, holy, I'm like, cool, 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 cool. And I just, I felt like when I was preparing for you guys, Paul could have said any words to describe what to fix your thoughts on. He could have put them in any order. But I think he very intentionally, God inspired him to put true first. Why? Because I think it's the most important thing. Why? Because we all believe lies about ourselves and about others. We all believe things that are not true. Jesus said in John 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why. So anxiety, a huge part of that and stress is our thought life. So we all believe lies. Maybe it's negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, anxious thoughts. We all have them. It's okay. But a lot of times, this is what I've learned. I try to do, and I've been taught by God's word and other people, and you'll probably try to do. We try to... It's kind of hard to say. We kind of try to control those thoughts or avoid those thoughts or forget about those thoughts. People come to me often and say, hey, Amir, how do, I, how do I control these anxious thoughts or how do I avoid negative thoughts? And I, this might sound discouraging, but I'll encourage you in a second. The truth is we, you can't really ever control your thoughts or forget your thoughts or avoid your thoughts. Let me give you an example. This is not gonna happen, but say you're driving on Dave Ward tomorrow and someone pulls out in front of you in Jesus' name, it wouldn't happen, you'd be safe. And they don't hit you, but they almost do. 
you, everyone in this room is gonna have immediate thoughts. Some of y'all are gonna be scared. Some of y'all are gonna be mad. Some of y'all are gonna be frustrated. And what's so cool about your thoughts, they're connected to your behavior. So some of y'all are gonna scream, some of y'all are gonna yell, some of y'all are gonna flip them the bird. You know, it's just what you're gonna do because you're mad. You can't control your thoughts. Your brain is so fast and so smart. And remember, this is how God's made you. You can't control your thoughts. I can't control my thoughts. I can't be like, no, 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 no. That was so nice of them. They were just merging. God bless them. Go on, hit my bumper. You can't control your thoughts. But so many people, young and old, are just, Amir, how do I, have, how do I control this thought? How do I? You need to breathe. I, that's the wrong question to ask. I think the right question is, hey, I can't control my thoughts or forget the past of my thoughts or avoid my thoughts, but you can always replace your thoughts. That's a word for y'all forever. You can replace your thoughts. You got to replace the lies or false perceptions. Remember, anxiety is a perception of harm. You got to replace those with truth. There is a lot of forms of truth, but let me tell you the ultimate one. God's word is truth. So you simply replace the lie with the truth. And some of y'all have heard this before and some of y'all never heard this before, but the ones I've heard this before, how often do you do it? And I'm speaking to myself here. I'm just trying to challenge you. So this is what you do, super simple. You find a verse that speaks to you. You look it up, you talk to your life group leader, you ask your pastors, you Google it, hello, Jesus name. It'll tell you what you want. Find a verse that speaks to you, that encourages you, that gives you hope that you're made, like I love this verse. And then you simply get it in your heart. You read it, you write it down. You pray it over yourself. You try to memorize it. You fix your thoughts on it. That's what meditation is in the word of God. I used to struggle with stuff of purity as part of my testimony. I had a note card of 1 Corinthians 6.10 on my nightstand because every night and every morning I would have to read it because I was trying to get the word and combat the anxious thoughts that I have night, the anxious thoughts to grab my phone, the anxious thoughts to grab my computer, but I would keep God's word right next to me so I could read the truth and they would replace the lies and they would replace the lies because God's word in Ephesians 6 is the part of the armor of God. It's the only offensive weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. It's the things that cut through more bone and marrow, spiritually speaking. And so that's what you need. You gotta have the word but I want you to find one that you love and then you hold on to it with all your heart and you pray and you speak. Here's some examples with anxiety, two quick ones. Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Psalms 55, 22, one I held on to last year, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Come on, somebody. Quick story, so our son Dax, uh, every parent and family is different, but you know, you have a kid and then they stay in the room with you, you know, just take care of him, feeding, all that stuff. Well, there comes a time, every parent's different, but a couple months later, we moved Dax to his room. And if you know my wife, Bethany, she's very laid back, very easy going, but it kind of caught her off guard when we moved him to that room. And I found this out in hindsight, but that night, the first night even, she was just having some like hard, anxious thoughts that night, kind of playing worst case scenario. What if something were to happen to him? What if our house catches on fire? Or what, what, what would I do? And excuse me, some of those thoughts are normal to have, but she was having them excessively where she sh like kind of shook me at 3 a.m. and said, hey, babe, will you pray for me? I'm having a hard time falling asleep. I feel stressed thinking about Dax. This is like a couple months ago. So we prayed and I even felt like God gave her peace that night for her to fall asleep. Literally the next morning, this is the goodness of God. She read this verse, Psalm 112, seven. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. 
It just encouraged her. So what my wife did, she said, I got to stand on this verse. And this is what she told me earlier today. She said, I would just kind of personalize and try to speak it over myself when I felt stressed about Dax, when I felt stressed about our family. She would say something like, I will not fear anything bad happening to my son or my family. My heart is steadfast. I trust you, Lord. You just make it your own. It's like a declaration you speak over yourself. And she said it helped her feel less anxious. Why? Because she was standing on truth of God's word, not just the perception of the lies that came in. God, Paul wants, Paul's saying God wants you to fix your thoughts on things that honor God, but some of those are true. And I believe when you do that intentionally, he's going to give you some new thoughts. He's going to give you some freedom from what you're experiencing. Number three, last point. We're talking about overcoming anxiety. What do I do when I feel anxious? Number three, you got to receive God's peace. You got to receive God's peace. So we're going to respond in prayer, fix our thoughts on truth. We're going to receive God's peace. And I believe God's going to give you a new peace. I believe he'll give you a new peace every time you do this. That's my prayer for y'all this week. Let's look back. Last verse, Paul says in Philippians 4, 7, says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This word guard in the Greek is the word frureo. I can roll my R. Say frureo. C minus, but it's okay. Okay, frureo. Listen to this. In the Greek, that word guard means to protect by military guard to prevent hostile invasion. Look it up. That's saying God's peace is like a Navy seal at your heart, in your mind. And it wants to protect you from hostile invasion. That's wild. Because how many of y'all know anxiety will attack your thoughts and it will attack your heart? And I imagine it's, just, it's like Jesus is literally standing guard at your heart and your mind. And when you pray and when you set your things on truth, it's as if, I, this is a metaphor, he's standing there saying, no, you can't come in here. I'm gonna protect their heart and mind. I work for the good of those I love or are called according to my purposes. He's gonna protect you, but this is not a soft word, guard. This is a military word. The peace of God, God wants to guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your life, guard your promises, guard your potential. That's what God wants to do in your life. It's amazing. So he says, when we do these things, that peace is gonna guard us. But something you have to know is God's peace is different than the world's peace. And that's not a bad, the world's peace is not a bad thing. The world's peace is the absence of conflict or disturbance. When this coronavirus thing goes away, the world's gonna be at peace in some way, okay? That's a good thing. But in John 14, 27, this is what Jesus said, and this is a word for today. He says, peace, I, this is the last thing he said to his disciples in the book of John. Peace, I leave you, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Listen to this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a fruit of his spirit. And this is what I want you to know. And this is gonna sound crazy, but it's so true. Remember that it said that peace transcends understanding. It almost doesn't make sense sometimes. This is what can happen in your life with God's peace. Sometimes you'll do these things and God's peace will alleviate the stress and anxiety. It really will. It's a supernatural. Sometimes though, you'll do the things we talked about tonight and other things seek God and you'll still feel anxious or stressful. I hope it disseminates a little, but right next to it, you'll feel the peace of God because it transcends understanding and it's not the world's peace. And I don't know why, but some of the things y'all are going through, it's not gonna go away tonight. But God's peace wants to come into your life to walk alongside you during it. 
and he wants to guard you and he wants to protect you and he wants to whisper because he likes to be close. Hey, I love you. I believe in you. You can do it. It's not your identity. That's not who you're called to be. I'm still watching over you. My plans are still gonna prosper for you. I have your back. I believe for you and your future family. That's what he's doing right there. So sometimes when you pray and you fix your thoughts on guard and you receive the peace of God, it doesn't go away, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. His peace will be right here with you. That's a promise from God for you. And that's what I love about our savior. What should I do when I feel anxious, Amir? Well, we're gonna respond humbly in prayer to God. Anxiety is gonna alert us to pray. Seek God, bring our request before him, be thankful, fix our thoughts on truth. And this is, I believe God's gonna give you a new peace. He'll do it every day. His mercies are due every morning. He'll give you a new peace to walk that will guard your heart and mind. Last thing I'll say. Hey, in this life, you know this, um, we're not, we can't always control what happens. Um, We can't always fix things or change things. And that's a tough pill to swallow. But spiritually speaking, something you can always do is surrender whatever you're going through to Jesus. You can always do that. Every day day in the week, put your money on it. You can surrender things to God and, and let him be your Lord. You can trust him and allow him to help you and allow him to encourage you, encourage you. Maybe it's one day at a time, allow him to speak to you and allow him to protect you. So if you're feeling the weight of something today and you even do some of these things, I'm saying, hey, sometimes you just gotta surrender and say, hey God, I can't do this on my own. Will you please help me? Will your word come to life in me? Amen. Will you bow your heads? I'd love to pray for y'all.